Marquis, Merry Christmas. We are back today with one of our final weeks of Christmas movies for Hallmark to talk about some of this weekend's movies. But first, I am just your host and I have Casey with me today with a very festive hat. Hi, guys. I have my Christmas hat on. I'm still stuck here in the home and family fake studio. <laughs> She just doesn't want to leave. It's so cozy. It's so cozy. And I just wish my house was so perfectly pristine (laughs) like this. But that's a dream because I have two children under the age of five. Hmm. So you mean they're not like the perfect Hallmark children that never do anything wrong? You know, bless. If you haven't seen Hallmark comics on Instagram, Carrie is amazing and has a bunch of those types of parodies, including... (laughs) The perfect Hallmark children. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's jump right into our first movie, which is a Glenn Burke Christmas. And this one stars Autumn Reeser and Antonio Cupo. And for those of you who don't know the story about this movie, it is inspired loosely, very loosely based on a book called Secrets that Casey is showing. It's a very, very ancient cover. But it's um, inspired by this book by Robin Jones Gunn um, that Casey and I kind of both have a, con- a special connection to. So we have a little show and tell. We sure do have a show and tell, you guys. Look, Korea, the same series. <laughs> and this isn't all. I mean, I have the Christy Miller series. I have the Sierra Jensen series. I am a huge Robin Jones Dunn fan. I have been since probably the summer of 2005 because I went to camp and I was like a lost teenager who was like floundering in boy sorrows. And (laughs) my camp counselor was like, you're going into, I think I was going into 10th grade, maybe 10th grade. You should read Christy Miller. And I'm like, okay, I like to read whatever. (laughs) So we went back, we went back home. My dad, um, long story short, he always, he always, when we were growing up, would take us to the library or the bookstore. Mm -hmm. Um, So we took a family outing one random weekend to the bookstore and I discovered they had reprinted Christy Miller in these book, like three books in one. Volumes, yeah. And so I picked it up and I was like, I remember camp counselor Carrie saying to read Christy Miller. So I'm going to go <laughs> up and read it. And let me tell you, we were there for like an hour and I was just like reading and it's a very fast read. I'm a very fast reader or I used to be back in the day. And I was like halfway done with the first book. And my dad's like, okay, we got to go. I was like, we got to buy this book. <laughs> he was like, okay, then because reading you know, it doesn't matter. He didn't care what we were. Re- well, he cared as long as it was clean, you know, but like, yeah, as long as we were reading. Semi-appropriate. Like, All right. He'd rather buy us books than movies or toys mm-hmm. or whatever. That's why I'm super not familiar with movies of the past. Um, but books, huh? Christy Miller. So that's my connection to Robin Jones Gunn. And I know I'm rambling and I'm sorry, but I do have a, another Easter egg for you guys. So in her Katie Weldon books, this one particularly, finally and forever. It's the last book in that series. She sent me a copy with her name in it. And I'm in here somewhere. Just in the book. I'm in the book. I won a contest. And Robin <laughs> was like, I'm doing a contest. Send me your favorite line from the series, one of the series. 
and I did, and my name is in the book. I was so excited. And I was an adult, you guys. I was like 21. <laughs> <laughs> and this is like a teenage, college age kind of book. When was this book? Yeah. Maybe I was older. I was 22. 22, you guys, when this book was published. And I am in here. That's right. She is. <laughs> you guys can tell I'm a huge Robin Jones Gun fan. Like, can't tell at all. My dream to talk to her. <laughs> like, speaking of. <laughs> so, okay. So, my connection here, like Casey, I have read pretty much everything Robin Jones Gun, except for some of the more recent stuff, just because now I have too much to do. But I found the series quite randomly. I was not recommended like Casey was by a camp counselor. I actually was in the grocery store and they have the little book section. And I just happened to see this bright pink volume one, you know, for, you know, only $10 for four books in one, which is like a steal, you know, you get four bucks for 10 bucks, you know, being the nerdy book lover that I was. And I thought it sounded interesting. And call it a divine delivery, postables, God winks. I don't know. We had that going on last time. <laughs> I picked up the book and I bought it and read everything pretty much from there on out. And it was a pretty life-changing series for me. I think I found it as a teen as well. Um, so yeah, if you maybe want to look into those books for younger audiences, not as much for adults probably. Yeah, I would Except say for an adult, you probably would be like, okay <laughs> unless you're looking at her standalones which are more for the adults but like for Kristen yeah. Miller that's definitely more of a teenage series <laughs> yeah if you are looking for a book series that's clean and fine for girls that are ages like mm -hmm. eighth grade I mean mature seventh grade eighth grade it's not like super mature that they couldn't read it it's just like yeah. They talk a lot about dating and just like high school stuff. Mm -hmm. It's very clean. So I would recommend it for like a mature seventh, eighth grader to like high school, yeah. 12th grader, something like that. Um, for her Christy Miller series and like all her little friends, because they have like Christy and Katie and, and Sierra. Yeah. All these little friends. And then um, her other series are definitely more for like adults I mean teenagers could read it too there's nothing mm -hmm. wrong yeah I think I read all of them when I was a teen yeah yeah but they I read a lot though <laughs> probably some things I shouldn't have read <laughs> <laughs> they have the sister chick books she has the Glenn Brooks series she has the father Christmas series or mm -hmm. the trilogy um so she has a lot of different books and the other thing too is her books are fairly well, Christy Miller is fairly timeless, I would say. Like, I didn't realize that she wrote those books, like, when I was born in 1990. And I was reading this in 2005. Like, it didn't dawn on me that, mm -hmm. oh, this isn't modern. Glenbrook, on the other hand, is definitely a little more dated. So when you read it, you kind of have to give it that, like, okay, this is not set in 2020. <laughs> this wouldn't happen. And you would not be able to hide your identity in this way in 2020. <laughs> in 1995 <laughs> you could probably move to a secret town and get a job without telling people who you really are yeah with no <laughs> identities or no ID. driver's licenses <laughs> or anything um, anyway we digress <laughs> that, that's the book um and then also too i did get to interview robin jones gun as a surprise interview because we rachel 
uh, and I were supposed to be interviewing Melody Carlson, but she had to be evacuated from the fires that happened earlier this year. And so she called upon her friend, Robin Jones Gunn, to appear for her. And we had no idea. And as soon as I saw like her screen popped up, I'm like, this is not Melody Carlson. This is, <laughs> this is Robin Jones Gunn. I was like, holy crap. <laughs> so yeah, it was quite the surprise and quite the honor. I wish I had more questions prepared if I had known she was coming on, but Listen, listen, we're going to have to do a redo and a, a for real interview with Robin Jones Gunn because I was at the beach. It was like we were having a family weekend, four day weekend at the beach because like having gotten away and I was like, you know what? Everything's kind of safe. We're okay. It was my daughter, my brother and my mother's birthdays. And all of a sudden my phone starts blowing up. And I'm like, <laughs> what in the world is going on? And Jess is like, you'll never believe what happened. And I'm like, okay. And then it's like these things. Oh, and then it was a voice message. And I was like, oh, what? I know it was too much to, to text. My literary <laughs> hero did a surprise interview and I'm at the beach. <laughs> you were channeling your inner Christy Miller, you know, on her beach days. I did not have an ugly green bathing suit though. Let me tell you. <laughs> You'll have to you read the book. She you knows exactly what we're yeah. talking about. Yeah. Let us know. Most of you, sorry. If you're a Christy Miller fan, please let us know. Please let me know that I'm not the only one and Jess isn't the only one fangirling over these theories as like, you know, 30 and older 20 year old folks. So, yes. But um, so back to the movie. The yes. movie, um, although inspired by the book, is nothing, it's pretty much. It's, it's a total rewrite so if you saw the movie and expect the book to be anywhere similar it's not uh, <laughs> at all um except for like names and occupations pretty much and like kind of basic idea um and that's kind of what i expected especially knowing it was going to be a christmas movie and the book is not a christmas book um so i didn't have any expectations going in that this would be like the book at all yeah um, so that I, was not a disappointment to me to know that it, they didn't follow it because I didn't expect it to to be like that yeah I didn't either I mean they change things all the time especially considering the content of the books I was like this is definitely not going to be a Hallmark movie at <laughs> so yeah um but yeah so Casey what were some of your initial thoughts about this movie well Okay, Autumn Reeser is adorable as always. We, I just adore her. She's the, she's just such a delight on the screen. And um, I, I always, I just, I, I genuinely love her acting and her performances and everything that I've seen her in. She's just fantastic. Um, I would say and, uh, uh, Antonio Cupo, same thing. He is a delight. I mean, who wouldn't want to see a Hallmark hunk on the screen? Am I right, ladies? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, however, I will say the one thing that really was a little distressing for me is the fact that Antonio's character Kyle was completely different than the Kyle of the book. And I don't know that that choice worked for me because in the book, um, Jessica is the one who was the quote unquote grumpy Grinch, if you will. <laughs> Um, and then she has this like life-changing moment and she just, you know, transforms, whatever. Because mm -hmm. like, you know, characters always have that arc where they're going through something and then they grow, something happens, they grow, and then they have this revelation. Um, 
And I feel like that worked for that character. Kyle in the book was very much a very steady, really there for you kind of guy. He wasn't mm-hmm. this like moody person that the movie portrayed. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like the biggest thing. Like, I don't know that that character choice for Kyle worked in this because I found myself going like, what? Wait, yeah. Seriously, bro, bro, <laughs> bro. Yeah, Kyle had some issues. Um, and I agree, like, he, I didn't really mind that he was moody at first, because um, I can totally get on board with like the kind of moody and then like softens up toward the end. But he just kind of had like, a, like these weird personality changes. Like he wasn't a, like, his character didn't have continuity. Mm-hmm. And, and he, he really wasn't redeemable, in my opinion, by the end, <laughs> with his grumpiness, and his yeah. uh, judgmentalness and being kind of a snob <laughs> yeah I mean okay I, I okay so they're meet cute when she oh. practically runs him over I did like that I like that I can get on board with that I would be snarky as some person who almost ran me over and I just threw my cookies everywhere <laughs> the ginger apocalypse <laughs> the ginger apocalypse classic from Ruthie classic um but when he has that, and then he, you know, they meet again, and of course he's going to be like, seriously, you're the woman who's, you know, he's going to snark on her. But then it was all, it was like, he looked at her again and was like, oh, she's cute. Okay. I know. Let okay. me take your picture for you. Yeah. Like, where did that come from? Can I escort you into town? Can I carry your Christmas tree? And it's like, it was just... I, I literally thought when I watched it, I thought I had missed a, a moment because I was, t- I was like loosely taking notes and, and then I stopped toward the end. But I like, did I miss a moment where he has this change? Like, because usually there's a catalyst for the change of heart. And I'm like, I didn't catch it. Mm-hmm. Why is all of a sudden he's being so nice to her? I mean, not that you shouldn't be nice to people, but it's like, right. he would well, have been so snarky. And then all of a sudden he's like, oh, okay, I'm right. Mr. Helpful now. Right. And I think that if you're going to do that, like if you're going to do the whole like grumpy snarkiness, you've got to have good witty banter mm-hmm. building up to that heart change. And I, for me, there was there, it wasn't really there. It was like the grumpy snarky comments and then this look and then he's all nice and stuff. <laughs> There's a like, look and that's all you need. Right. The like, whole spark. It was there. The whole spark. It we was, didn't really get, get, uh, get to see it really but <laughs> apparently it happened and it was there I guess I don't know I just yeah. Yeah. Kyle was weird in this movie yeah. but I will say as well as uh, for casting Terry is exactly how I would have pictured her from the book I love the casting for Terry mm-hmm. I thought she was great and I actually really like the the whole art angle that wasn't in the book um about things with the arts but I thought it was interesting they made it like Jessica an artist and like I thought that was a nice touch yeah it did um now in the book she's a teach she's an English teacher. English teacher. Um and she she comes about in a very unconventional way <laughs> in, in so many words. Um so I did like that tie-in that she ended up teaching the art class mm-hmm. and then she yeah. um she influences that young girl Dawn. Mm-hmm. Which happens in the book in a mm-hmm. different aspect, but right, right. Yeah. So I like that they kept those elements in there as well. Um, and Terry, Terry is the delight. Terry has her own book. Terry should yes. be Yes. Terry is also in the Christy Miller series. Terry is in the Christy Miller series. She's in the Glenn book series. 
mm-hmm. in Secrets and that gets her own book in Glenn Brooks series number two. I want to say it's called Whispers. I know. I think you're right. right. I think you're right. I think it is Whispers. I think that's. But again, I digress. Digress. We love Terry. Yes, Terry's great. And so is Ruthie. Ruthie is the MVP of this movie. Ruthie. Ruthie. We love Ruthie. We, we love Ruthie. Ruthie needs her own book. Ruthie's not an actual character, I don't think, in Lumber. Yeah, no, they, they created her, so, yeah. for the movie. Well, listen, Robin Jones Gunn, since, you know, we're best friends, even though we've never really met, although I'm in your book, can you <laughs> read a book about Ruthie in Glenbrook? Because female firefighters, now that's fun. Yeah, and Ruthie's got some fire, and she's not afraid to tell Kyle, you're an idiot. <laughs> yes, he call, she called him out. I was like, you go, girl, because he needs to be called out right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. I will say, too, one other thing I liked, even though Kyle's totally an idiot, I did it. I liked conflict scene. And I liked it because even though Kyle's argument was stupid, <laughs> it, I liked that they had an actual conversation because sometimes, especially with the you lied to me scenario, they just like basically say you lied to me and like, I'm out of here, but I, I like that they actually had a conversation and she had very valid points. Like, when was I supposed to tell you that I have millions of dollars? Was it after your speech about how money changes people for the worse? And I, I enjoy a good conflict scene. If you don't know me, I, I like a little, I like a little conflict, not my personal life, but in the movie, it's cool. Yeah. We like that tension. Yeah, like that yeah. tension. So I, I did enjoy the conflict scene. Yeah. Um, as far as conflicts go. Yeah, and that's something totally valid that somebody would say to another person. It wasn't like um, Jessica's, like her her defense of herself was great because mm-hmm. we, as the audience, we were thinking the same exact thing. Like, do you really think that a girl would tell you, oh, by the way, I'm an heiress to this multi-million dollar company just when you, you said, oh, I hate people that are rich. <laughs> like what no of course not <laughs> and technically she did tell him she's like what if I told you I had millions of dollars would that change how you see me and he was like I wouldn't believe you so there you go she okay. did try she did try here's the other thing my if somebody that I just met if a friend told me like out of the clear blue asked me that question I would be like, why are you rich? <laughs> like, I would question that. Like, why are we even talking about this? Like, that's weird. It's not like they were playing a game. Like, hey, if I told you I had a house in Bermuda, would you come <laughs> with me? Sure. <laughs> like, if I had a jet, where would you want to go? Like, you know, those like icebreaker weird questions that you ask? Yeah. People, like, friend breaking not friend breaking friend icebreakers <laughs> or like dating icebreakers yeah that makes sense. I probably wouldn't question that but when somebody's standing and you're like having this moment and there's this chemistry and all of a sudden they're like so I would be like why are you saying that maybe it's just my suspicious mind mm-hmm. yeah I'm like he, he just kind of like brushed it off so easily like she's very uh like it's a very weird phrasing you know of a question if i were to tell you that i had millions of dollars i'd be like wait what do you do you really yeah will you buy me a horse (laughs) oh wait that's the next movie sorry (laughs) yeah so um anything else we need to discuss on this movie 
Um, uh, I would say that it probably wasn't my favorite. I am a little disappointed mostly because it just didn't have that spark and there wasn't a lot of the witty banter to build up the romance between Kyle and Jessica. Um, especially because obviously we know they're going to get together. It's a Hallmark movie. Mm-hmm. But just the way he treated her and just like his up and down and you know his weak arguments and yeah he he acknowledges that he's an idiot at the end but I'm like <laughs> I don't know I was just I was a little saddened by this movie because I'm yeah. such a high big fan I think we both had higher expectations because we knew it was coming I mean we, again we didn't at least I didn't expect it to be anything like the book but you know Glenn Brooke is like special to us or at least I mean, I've read the entire Glenn Brooke series so it's like yeah, I felt like the, the movie lacked energy. It just, it lacked energy and Kyla wasn't redeemable at all. Yeah. I wanted to smack him too much. Yeah. And I, I definitely agree with you. It wasn't the fact that it wasn't like the book. Like I, okay, you guys know me. I love Anne of Green Gables. I am a purist when it comes to book adaptations, movies. If you're going to change it, you have to do it well. Like when calls the heart, it's based on the Jeanette Oak books, but they are nothing like the books at all, at all. But I love the series because it's written well. Like there's enough to that keeps it going that it's forgivable that it's not like the books. Anne of Green Gables, the third movie, not redeemable in my mind. Nothing like the books. Don't get me started on that. So this one, I'm like, okay, it's gonna be different. It's fine. I can deal with different. But it has to be done well, and I just it, it didn't hit the mark. Oh, and it pains me to say that. It just pains my heart. You guys, I'm so sorry. <laughs> like sorry. It's in my, it's it's not in it's 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 in my lower tier of movies that I've seen. Yeah. So, how many crowns or stars or Christmas stockings would you give it? Uh <laughs> It's like a baby stocking. A baby stocking. <laughs> it's like a it's like a baby stocking like that you can't even see here because that's how much I am. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it pains me. Yeah, I um I rated it 2.75. So yeah. Anyway. Move, moving on. Yes, let's move on before I start <laughs> melting into a puddle because I was so sad about this movie. Okay, so let's move on to Unlocking Christmas and the stars Taylor Cole and Steve Lund who have worked together before um, with The Art of Us, which I've never seen. But have you seen that one? I think I did, actually. Yeah, so they've worked together before. So they play um, characters Kate and Kevin who go on this like Christmas puzzle mystery journey together and I felt for this movie I thought it started off with a bang like I was immediately hooked by these two characters because they had so if you know me I'm a sucker for witty banter and they had the witty banter and that kind of like and you know like kind of like the last movie was kind of like um the moody to we like each other thing this one did that as well but it was entirely more successful at you kind of irritate me to we're gonna be friends now <laughs> I yes I 100% agree 
I was here for the witty banter. Totally here for it. And again, like you said, it worked well because they had a common goal because they mm-hmm. met at the box and they had the keys and they already had this like thing against each other. So it worked yeah. because then you're, you have that whole thing that's pulling you to, you're curious, of course, like you want to know what's in the envelopes and the whatever, mm-hmm. like there, there's something that's drawing you back. And so when two reluctant people are drawn back to each other, that causes more, like they have to figure out how to work together in order to unlock the clues. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes. And yeah, and I just thought it was, I mean, it was funny. Like the writing was really funny. I mean, especially like when he first goes to see her um, at the doctor's office, he's like, my mom made me come here. <laughs> Aren't you a little old for that excuse? And then, of course, I mean, how can you not like a movie that includes the line, I kicked a shark in the face? <laughs> I literally paused and just was laughing my head off. I was like, oh, that was such a classic line. And it, he, the way he said it too was also very sarcastic, which yes, me. Steve Lund really, like he honed in on that sarcasm very well. And absolutely. Yeah. I loved it. It was great. The, the banter and the, the humor was on point. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> then we we kind of go through the journey and they have to do all these like different tasks um, to find the clues. And it's all about like the Christmas giving theme of like giving back. Um, did you have like a favorite thing that they did together from the movie? Oh, when they were making the ornaments that was super fun mm-hmm. that's when he makes the reindeer right yes yes <laughs> it kind of looks like a horse slash dog yeah it was like a horse puppy <laughs> with a little red horse puppy <laughs> so that oh that was really fun and I thought it was so so sweet when um they um they meet the little boy with Robbie is that his name Robbie yes and he has the airplane and he's got his arm casted and um you know uh Kevin decides or he you know he kind of befriends the little boy and then he writes USAF on the bottom of the plane and it's like this fun little moment and I thought that was just so sweet Mm -hmm. yeah um I really liked when they did the, I forget what it was actually called, when they did the little like hopping in the sack thing, you know, mm-hmm. the race. I'm like, that was, <laughs> like, I'm like, I feel like Steve Lund was really getting into that. Like he looked like he was having a great time in real life. <laughs> <laughs> like he was going for it. Right. <laughs> oh, that is fun. So that was good. And yeah, I think the whole puzzle aspect too is just really intriguing in this movie. Yes, I'm a nerd and I love puzzles. I love jigsaw puzzles. I love escape rooms. I love that they had a codex in here, even though I actually didn't know it was called a codex, but. Yeah, the codex thing, you know, what was really nice is the fact they didn't solve it on the first try. Yeah, they had to like sit on it for a little bit. Yeah, they had to sit on it for a while (laughs) because they tried a few different. um, Bow and balsam. Balsam. Nice nice hallmark, yeah. Product placement, yay. Um, but yeah, I like that it wasn't like solved like that, you know, it just made it a little different. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, it was definitely an interesting movie and, oh, I loved, um, Jackson, the side character. I thought he was really 
Like, oh, he was a really good secondary character. Yes, he was great. He was such a great friend for Kevin. And he had the, he also had that banter going on. Like, yeah, like he was also a very witty friend. Yeah. And like, <laughs> they had a bromance, man. They did. It was adorable. And then he was like, kind of like pushing them together. Like, he wants to work with you. <laughs> <laughs> just let the, yeah. just, just let that bomb drop there. <laughs> of course. Of course. Oh my goodness. What did you think of her patient? Oh yeah, Mr. McAllister. Is that yes. his name? McAllister? Mr. McAllister. Uh, yes, because when they said his name, I was like, oh, is this Kevin's granddad? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was he was fun too, having the little WebMD patient angle. You know, you go down that WebMD rabbit hole and all of a sudden you're dying. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was really... I, it, it was a touching story, you know, too, to have in there because it's more of a lighthearted movie, but having that touching story of him like finding healing and, you know, that kind of emotional and physical connection of almost like kind of, um, it reminds me a lot of like the syndrome that sometimes people get like if they had a limb amputated and they feel the pain, even though yes. the limb's gone, like phantom, uh, the phantom pains. And mm-hmm. so like that reminded me of him, like he had that, that emotional pain going on that translated into physical pain. So, yeah. And, you know, I, I really thought that he was the clue dropper. I never made a guess this whole, I didn't even like, I was just like, whatever. I don't know who it is. I never yeah. tried to figure it out. I mean, I didn't try to figure it out either. It wasn't like something I was like hunting for. Cause mm-hmm. you know, it was that, that didn't seem to be a main focus of the, the clue. Yeah. Um, but I was just kind of curious as to why Mr. McAllister would like randomly pop up. Mm-hmm. And yeah he's a constant thing and he's always talking about you know something that something else that's hurting and I'm like is this supposed to be our sign that he's the one that dropped the clues and mm-hmm. like because you know he has that history with Kevin um not McAllister and if you didn't catch that that's a Home Alone reference but digress um yeah he has that history with with Kevin and that family and then he has he um Kate is her doctor and so it was like I don't know maybe mm-hmm. maybe he got tipped off by somebody random from like the gossip at the coffee shop yeah um, so I was pleasantly surprised that he actually had no part in it and that his his main story was just to find his um his hope in Christmas again yeah you um to move to another stage of grief because right now he's he you know grief is seven stages so he's going through this cycle he's just lost his wife and mm-hmm. all of that so it was it was a very sweet touch yeah for sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. yeah yes and he was he was not the uh, mysterious clue giver it was none other than spoiler alert mom and dad <laughs> what <laughs> um shout out to my parents i think you need to step it up a little and put me on a, like a clue scavenger hunt to find my soulmate come on yes um hello come on <laughs> yes is mom and dad slacking <laughs> my goodness that it was it was funny like i mean it didn't surprise me but it did i guess at the same time <laughs> yeah i mean we didn't really have many options of who it, who it could have been Right. I wouldn't have been surprised if it was like totally random as well. Like if we've been someone we never even met. Yeah. 
Yeah, because I mean, these movies have these miraculous, random, mystical people at Christmas time, mm-hmm. like divine deliveries and random angels that come and deliver your mail for you. Oh, that's the wrong series. Besides <laughs> Christmas, um, shout out. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a plug at all. Um, but yeah, I, I, I did think it was very sweet of the parents to do that whole random mystery and like um you know taking something from their past and Mm -hmm. then bringing it to their son and his hopefully their new daughter-in-law one day (laughs) right and what clever parents to come up with all those clues and and all like you know that's a lot of work that that is a lot of work to make them rhyme and everything yeah for Mm -hmm. sure yeah yeah that was fun that was fun Oh, and the way the dad just, he's like, what is what? drops it. He's like, like oops. Oh, no. Um, Kate called me. Kate called you? Really? <laughs> Come on, dad. Yeah, yeah, they're besties. Of course. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yes. Yeah, so we, we said a lot of good things about this movie, but I will say one thing I did not enjoy about this movie was the conflict part, because kind of like I said, how I enjoyed the conflict in the last week because they had a conversation. I do not appreciate when the conflict is half an overheard conversation that's misinterpreted. And I and I felt like, too, with this one, his tone was clearly in declining mode. <laughs> like, yeah. I felt like you could hear that he was about to decline. And mm-hmm. granted, she was just, just walking in on the conversation. But I'm like, oh, come on. If you're going to eavesdrop, at least stay for the whole thing. <laughs> right? Uh, that's, I will say, that is probably my least favorite conflict is the, the half listen to eavesdrops conversation because I know yeah. human nature says to I'm listen. I'm stay <laughs> and listen. Oh, yeah. So that's one thing I did not like. Yeah. Like, no. Stop doing that homework. No, yeah, <laughs> please, please stop the stop it. Make them at least listen to the whole conversation first. Yeah. Because ooh, I, I and the forgivable part of that conflict is when the friend drops the news and then she's like, Oh yeah, I totally knew about him leaving and taking mm-hmm. that job. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's forgivable because that actually happens in real life when people, you know, spill the beans. Um, yeah. Even mm-hmm. if it's the wrong kind of beans, but yeah, the overheard conversations. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta work on that. Nix it or do it better. Nix it, <laughs> nix it or nix it, Hallmark. Oh, I love it. New tagline: Nix it or fix it. You heard it here first, Hallmarkies. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. Um. Any last thing with this movie that you want to talk about? I thought it was, I, it was fun. It was sweet. It was something that I would totally put on my TV and watch again. Um, the characters are great. Um, the actors are fantastic. I I liked it. It was great. Mm-hmm. And no real sharks were hurt in the making of this film. Just yeah. so we're clear. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Casey, what would you rate this one? Uh, I rated a 3.37. <laughs> That's very specific. <laughs> <laughs> I, I went actually quite a bit higher. I gave it 4.25. Oh. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it for the most part, just the conflict. And it was a tad bit slow, you know, at times going, getting from one clue sometimes to the next. But I think yeah. overall, I really enjoyed it. 
Yeah. That's the one thing that did hurt it for me because I was a little like, I love the mysteries. You guys all know that. So I was hoping it would be a little faster on the clues. Um, so that's, that's why it's that weird number for me. But again, threes are great. So there you go. There you go. All right. Well, Hallmarkies, thank you so much for listening. Feel free to let us know what you thought about these two movies, whether you agree with us or disagree with us. Also, if you're a Robin Jones gun fan and have read some books, feel free to chat with us about that. We would love to, to talk about any of the series. Um, and yeah, I think that's all we've got. Uh, be sure to be following the podcast at Hallmarkies Pod or Hallmarkies Podcast. Um, and all our social media, uh, all that stuff on iTunes, YouTube and all that good stuff. And Casey, where can people find you on social media? You can find me on Twitter at Hallmark My Words. All right. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at JessBSWblog. And that's all we got for you today. Yep. And Jess, it was so much fun recapping these three weeks of movies that we've done this season. Yes. It's just super fun to talk to a friend about Christmas and Robin Jones Gun, of course, and all the random shenanigans that happens with these Hallmark movies. Exactly. It's always a good time. Always. <laughs> all right, Hallmarkies, have a great day and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Bye. Bye.